Hey, sports fans and savages, welcome to Greg Madden Show. Greg with you from Phoenix, Arizona. In our ongoing series of podcasts, chatting with folks, citizens who are stepping up to uh, jump into the leadership class at the uh, state, county, and federal level, we've done some, we've, actually, we've done some municipal, some state, some county, some federal, several federal, actually. Um, today, we're going to jump in and talk to a candidate that's running down on Arizona's southern border. And uh, it's kind of suppressed national news right now. It's a national issue. It's being seen internationally, and it is the big story of the day for most conservatives besides the complete routing of our economy, decimation of our energy sector, and the crushing of, oh, capitalism as we've known it since the inception of the republic. Other than that, it's one of the big stories uh, it's the uh, unconstrained, unrestrained, unrestricted opening of the border in absolute violation of the Constitution and dereliction of duty at the federal level, a problem that is so massive, it can't really be handled by the states as much as we'd like to be ballers and do it. Um, it really does need the, you know, the greater... I don't know, the greater, um, the might of the kind of the weight of the federal involvement. And it needs them to do their damn job. And because they haven't done their damn job, there are so many stories I've heard over the last six months or year of just heartache. And uh, there's so much almost slavery. There's a lot of border sexual uh crossing there's minors being brought into the country being used uh not to mention all of the drugs and illicit activity that's going on but the sex tra sex trafficking i think we see it down here on the in the border states more than every everybody does everywhere else and if you just you don't even have to peel back many layers of the onion if you just drive down to southern arizona you start to see it and all you have to do is ask one or two strangers from the area, and it's like uh, pulling a pin on a hand grenade. Everyone can tell you crazy stories that you can't even possibly believe it's America. So we're going to jump into that in our ongoing, continuing uh, kind of citizen soldier uh, without a musket. This is the way we fight right now, speaking truth to power. And when that doesn't work, and when they get rid of that, there is one other thing we can do, but we just don't want to get there. We want to be able to do this all peacefully. We want the weight of our ideas to merit us being able to sway things and, and correct things in the country. That's been the job for so long. So today, uh, I've got Gary Snyder in from LD23. He's running, from, running for LD23 as a conservative Republican. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, waiting around. I'm always a little bit late getting into this. So. No problem. Thank you, Gary. It's, it's an honor to be on the show. Great fun. Have you ever watched the show before? Yes, I have. Who, which, whose show did you watch? Uh, Jim Layman's. Watch Jim's? Okay, cool. Um, uh, 
talk to me a little bit. How, how did you find out? About, I mean, did you reach out to us or did we re reach out to you? Um, there's actually a mutual uh, friend, uh, Liliana. She's big in the GOP, Hispanic woman. She's a new empowered woman that works with Jim Lehman. She's offered her help with me and she reached out with you guys here at Medford and had a good opportunity to say, yes, this is definitely an honor to be on that show. Oh, cool. Well, great to have you here. So, uh, Tell me a little bit about your background before we dive into your candidacy. All right. Uh, my background is I was born in Texas and Brownsville where Myra Flores flipped. Uh, I was just born there. Um, lived almost all my life in Seattle, Washington, which is very hard to be a conservative in the state of Washington, especially yeah. in Seattle. But I lived in an area called Port Orchard, Washington, which is more conservative. Uh, a lot of military base there. Um, my dad was Army. Uh, my uncle worked at the PSNS, the Puget Sound Naval uh, Shipyard. Uh, he was the director there. My uh, grandpa was on a Navy base, um, also as a doctor. You know, so my conservative values was always to the right. Uh, I was raised up a little bit different. I was, uh, my mom's from Mexico, so I'm Mexican-American heritage. Uh, raised Catholic, baptized Catholic. But when I got to my uh, high school years, I was seen using uh, Christianism because my dad is Christian. So it was more me, more me, the person, because I wanted to talk to my peers, my faith, my family, and I've always been Christian since then. Okay. I mean, so to clarify, Catholicism Correct. is clearly Christian, Correct. Um, but you just left the doctrinal Catholic yes, Christian because kind of, you know, order. As a Hispanic, your mentality told you're Catholic with criticism. We know this, but they want you to say, hey, you're Catholic, 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 Catholic. I'm sorry to say, me personally, I love going to Christian churches loving to have a voice, loving to love my, my neighbor, my family. Tell me about what, what was different because I always, you know, I was raised Greek Orthodox, which, uh, for a lay person to look in, it has a very similar feel to Catholicism minus the papist stuff. Um, what is it about the kind of Christian thing? Um, and I always, it's so weird when I hear Christians talk about, mm -hmm. oh, I was Catholic and then I became a Christian. Let's see. I think it goes down by how the churches are, different areas, yeah. how it's brought up. But for example, the way I started was I was uh, playing soccer games in 4th of July with my uh, family that they have owned Mexican restaurants down in uh, you know Yuma area. And from there, we started playing soccer. I met a pastor that was actually playing softball and I, I play sports. So I played with him and I realized he was actually a pastor. And he's like, oh, invited me to his church, came to the church. Guy was modern. He knew everyone in his congregation, talked about their local stuff. Oh, are you feeling good? Congratulations on the job. That was beautiful. Something different that you didn't notice in the Catholic. It's Catholic. You just go in, sit down, listen, pray, take the Lord. And that's it. You And then Got it's it. done. And then at the end of the day, so you, you celebrate. So you liked how connected and communal Correct. he was. And Very much. And maybe it was less formal and we felt more of a personal touch. Yes. That's and I've heard I mean. a lot of people say that. Mm -hmm. I like to clarify that because I have Catholics listening. Correct. I don't want, you know, a lot of Catholic churches have that also Correct. because their priest is that kind of personal And like I said, it's, it's my person that I preferred yeah. the other, yeah, the I other get ways it. it means. I get it. Cool. Um, so... You said Mexican restaurants, not Cortines by any chance. No, 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 no. Um, it's actually uh, Puerto Vallarta's. Okay, where, and where's that at? Uh, it's in Seattle, Washington area. Oh, I thought you were. You guys did. You guys don't have Mexican restaurants here. No, no, no. But there's an example of one in Yuma, Cortines. Same example that we have in uh, in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. It's Puerto Vallarta. Same exact sample. <laughs> That's so funny because yeah. I've been going to Cortines for years. I used to fly the air show down at Yuma. There so. you go. Well, now they're the previous owner bought it back now. 
Oh, really? Yes. Because I know it. It was. It was kind of in that old janky location, Correct. and then they moved it to all the, the nice new place. Correct. Is it still at the nice new place? Yes, it's still at the nice new place. Uh, unfortunately, the the janky old place uh, now it's getting you're getting robbed. Oh. Just like uh, Jack and Rosie's down there. I don't know if you ever ate there. The steaks. Oh. Yeah. It's big maybe, steaks, cheap, maybe. but it's the same area, and people were getting robbed every time. So uh, they just started closing that down as well. Oh, that's bananas. Yes, it is. I love that old location. I like my old places that are in their old janky little locations. but Especially the tortillas handmade. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, yeah. Are they still handmaking tortillas? Or um, no. No, okay. no, no. That's too bad. Yeah, unfortunately, no. They've bad. been more of a franchise style. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Yes, it is. Kids come along and they want to freshen it all up maybe. Who knows? Well, um... So, so what made you, so tell me professionally. All right. So you raised up in Washington, raised up in Washington, played football, basketball, baseball, always an entrepreneur as some high school, always a part of a, you know, working together with nonprofits, helping out the community. That's what I love because that's the way I was raised, you know, get back to your community, get back to the elderly, whatever you can do, because it's not just me. It's, it's for everyone. Yeah. So from there, I went to college, international business, minor marketing, I uh, played uh, baseball as well, got Where'd you, to, where'd you go to college? Uh, Florida State. Okay. And then from there, I went to uh, finish a year at Arizona Western. Did you play ball at Florida State? Uh, yes. Okay. Then cool. from there, what I went to- What position did you play? Oh, uh, center field. All right. And then from there, I went to Arizona Western. My sister was uh, got stationed there for Border Patrol. So we moved down. She was uh, going through a divorce. And where's Arizona Western? Arizona Western, Yuma, Arizona. It's in Yuma, okay. Yeah. So right. hence, that's how we okay. we arrived at Yuma. Got it. Um, just me and my sister, just a small family. Um, she has three boys, so we came down to help her out, and we loved Yuma. Why? Because it was accessible. Who's, who's we? Are you married? Yes. Okay. Me, my wife, my uh, daughter, and my son. All right. You but, said yes. Yes. All right. Well, no, because the reason when I said we at the time, it was just me, my dad, and my mom okay. moved down to help my sister. Are your mom and dad in Yuma now as well? Uh, my mom is. My dad uh, passed away. Oh, I'm sorry ago. for your loss. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, you got the whole crew down here. That is correct. All right. So you guys went from rainy and damp and moss and trees to dry yep. arid desert yep you don't get used to the heat i'm sorry to say you stay i i'm, got I'm a native so i like okay. it. okay yeah so uh you, you you've been down there what have you been doing professionally uh professionally i started down there uh in international business um doing my own stuff uh like magazine company it was called Radical Fashion Entertainment Magazine. Started there because there's not a lot of high-paying jobs in Yuma unless you're, you know, work for YPG or Amacus, you know, stuff like that, or okay. in the agriculture business. All right. So I started my own business with a magazine company. Uh, started there for a year. They moved up here to Scottsdale as well. Had it in uh, Miami and I had it in uh, Las Vegas and in parts of La Jolla. It's a small publication. It was more towards nightlife, like uh, restaurants, uh, nightclubs, like kind of old town okay. Scottsdale. From there, um, got a little older. My son was born, and once he started going to uh, kindergarten, I decided uh, to sell out. So I sold it out, and from there, I just became uh, took care of a couple bars as a general manager. From there, I went to baseball because I was playing baseball professionally in Mexico, uh, but it was only you know summertime and fall time. There's from three months that are downtime. From there, I decided to stay in Yuma, uh, raise my son, make sure I'm there when he was present for school, but also I created a non a baseball league that was uh, semi-pro called Fiesta Winter League. So we had about 125 players from all over the United States because we know how it, how hard it is to get into a organization as an MLB. So we had a lot of players that had talent or a lot of players that just needed more work. So we created a league, which is a semi-pro. There was a cost, 
but it considered your housing, your food, and then a month of games. Every day there was a game and there were one day off. So we took stats, we did it live. It worked out great the first year. The second year I started traveling to India. In India, I started recruiting players. I started going to different countries to do the same thing. Baseball, baseball, baseball. I was gracious to be able to meet a lot of people, meet a lot of politicians, see what the cultures are, the diversity, and most importantly, the values. And what I saw a lot of these places, the values is family. They want to work hard. They want to have a better family, a better life for their children. And we can see that as a Latino community. And here in the United States, you know, we want the American dream, like people say. But unfortunately, what we're seeing now, that American dream is not what the new people coming in from this country is believing that's the American dream. They're believing we're entitled to free stuff, not getting to work. And this is something do, that I do. Do they to. believe that or is that what liberals are, tell, are telling everyone? I can guarantee you some of them are going off of what they're seeing on TV or what's seen on the news. So Because they've always been coming here. And they've always come here to work for correct. a better life. I didn't know that. It, 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 I mean, are they coming here for a free ride now? Well, we'll get towards that. We'll talk about that because when we talk about the border, I'll tell you stories and stories and stories and stories. And also on my YouTube channel, videos that depict and show you exactly what they're telling you. And you can see they're getting that information from elsewhere, not themselves. Okay, so they're being propagandized to come up here and being that, told there's all this free stuff. That is correct. And are the is that uh, these nonprofit charitable do-gooder groups who are doing this, that like is, trying to get them here? That is correct. There's a group that's out of uh, Arizona slash California, which is actually locally in Yuma. What's it called? Um, AZ California Coalition. The AZ California Coalition. So what it is. They also help in Mexicali getting them areas to stay at. Meanwhile, they're getting ready to prep to cross the border illegally. So when I they, wonder who's funding all of this. Well, as far as we know, we can say it's either Soros or either the Grijalva camp or anyone around there in the liberal side. Grijalva, he's the guy who's been down in office down there for years. That is correct. So my area, I consider myself the Southern Senator that are running for candidate because I cover the whole southern area of Arizona, which is almost all the crossings. And we know Yuma County is the biggest issue with fraud, people legally crossing. I mean, fentanyl, you want to say everything's coming I in Yuma County. I think it's the, one of them. It may be the most corrupt piece of dirt possibly in the United States outside of New Orleans, Chicago, and New York City. I consider the, the liberal real estate. And it's corrupt because of cartel money and everyone's on the payroll correct i mean the money's clearly flowing to people in power here that is correct and how is it not exposed how are they getting away with well it? we know the liberal media are blocking everything so you're either getting tagged on youtube saying it's a against our values uh you got facebook silencing you, you got certain other non-profits as well you know crying crying and putting an injunction against you you know it's ironic it's ironic that the social media companies let's say facebook instagram twitter uh any one of those even tiktok now yeah they have relevance because they're a voice for the people to yell they're a, they're like a town square for us to all get Correct. in and yell at each other mm -hmm. and their collusion and their conspiracy to suppress information is making most of us reject them mm -hmm. 
And so what's ironic is the mainstream media, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, those guys have all shit themselves because the online stuff has become a place where we go consume our Correct. information. And now these guys are censoring themselves into, uh, uh, I don't know, in, into uh, irrelevance. Correct. And so now these guys were shitting because these guys were where we were consuming our information. And now they're mm -hmm. making themselves irrelevant. They're cutting off their own head. Correct. Which is really funny to me. Oh, yeah. They haven't trapped from it. So there's actually almost no place to get information now. That certainly is. not the mainstream media and certainly not what I would call the, uh, I hate to say it, but like the legacy social media companies mm -hmm. because they've all join the party line you know if if you want to be relevant you have to offer something different and Correct. they're only offering the exact same thing now yeah it's the same it's bananas you can turn the channel different language and it's the same exact narrative what's crazy i know you've seen those compilations where they say uh ultra maga ultra maga all on the same day they all start saying ultra maga within an hour of each other mm -hmm. and it's on every channel exactly or or they'll within an hour they all start making up something about you know donald trump all within the same hour and it turns out it was complete lie so how did that happen mm. and they're all colluding with each other and no one's getting in trouble never anyway nobody's ever called out of course like in brian williams you just get kicked off there for a few months and brought back on to be a a, a chair on another show <laughs> so um you, you, you it sounds like you did some publish publishing and sold that that is correct what did you do professionally besides that before the publishing uh baseball all right, so baseball and publishing. Mm -hmm. Did you see the um, movie about Kurt Russell and his dad, uh, Bing Russell? What movie is that one? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Bobby will look it up while we're talking here. But it was the movie about Bing Russell, who was Kurt Russell, the actor's dad, mm -hmm. who um, bought the... Um, I thought you might know of it because it was either Portland or up in... C I think it was Portland. He bought a farm team up there. Okay. And played with a bunch of gangster uh, kind of bad boy baseball players and ended up um, taking the minor league pennant. Hmm. Hey, uh, Bobby, are you looking it up? Yep. He's going to tell you in All a right. minute. You yeah. should what? watch the movie because it's fantastic. Yep. No, that's on Netflix, I believe. Yeah. Oh, no, you got, I you, haven't seen it. Oh, yet. you got to watch that because okay. if you've been. You know, doing all, yeah, all the baseball stuff you have, you're, you're going to see that. You're going to go, oh, my God. I, I'll, I, I'll check that out on my drive back to Yuma. I think it was like one of the last privately owned dudes who made a run. And he made a run at winning the minor league pennant mm -hmm. and just drove everybody insane. It was great. Yeah. And then they came in and shut him down and he sued of him. Of course. Yeah. Because he wasn't. Yeah, right. Because he wasn't playing playing ball with him. Yeah. It, was kind it of wasn't funny. the organization's that, uh, metaphor. Yeah. That's the uh, old boys network if there ever Correct. was one. Right. Good old boys. Yeah. Uh basketball football baseball that is as good old boy network as it gets that is correct so um you played some minor league ball did this publishing thing sold that and when did you sell your enterprise there uh, i was 2015 okay so what have you been doing for the last seven uh just marketing in baseball that's it yeah um i am unofficially not a scout or an agent but a lot of these players hear my name they know what i've been doing with this independent baseball league and that i i have a Probably one of the biggest persons to uh, access of uh, the baseball network in Mexico because I played there and I know a lot of them. So a lot of people call me up and help ask me to help them promote them to the Mexican leagues or Taiwan. And I said, you know what? 
this is what I can do. You know, send me this and this, this, and I can offer. That's all I can do is offer you an entrance. The rest is on you. Right. You know, there's no, there's no guarantees right now. All right. What made you want to jump into this political thing here at the state level? 2019, between 2017 and 2018, I was playing still in Mexico. 2019 hit and everything was stopped. There was stopped in its tracks. So I stayed home. I noticed that our local politicians, local elected, statewide elected, a lot of them weren't there to help the community and resources or on top of that, you know, they were, they were themselves. They don't know what's going on. They didn't, they were worried about themselves, which is understandable, but we're a community. We elect you to, to have some resources, to have a, some help, especially uh, on a unprecedented times. So I stepped up and I started going out, uh, helping out with a uh, PPE mask that people that needed it. I bought it out on Amazon to help people most importantly, inform people, you know, I put myself in God's way because I know the faith was going to keep me strong. I had a new baby born. Um, I went out there, started working with Dole, getting some uh, lettuce to give to the people. Uh, we started getting Shamrock Farm milk, just doing what nonprofits should be doing. They weren't even there. I was getting all that stuff myself, calling these GMs, these managers to see, hey, if you can help me out, because a lot of their product was just sitting there going to waste because they didn't have workforce to ship it uh, to the East Coast. So a lot of them, I reached out me personally, and I started helping out my community in uh, Yuma County, giving that stuff. From there, I started jumping into the school board, seeing what's going on. You know, for example, we have our area is called GSD in San Luis, Arizona. They're the number one worst in the state, fourth in the nation for education and they're taking $65,000 trip to Coronado Island doing a school board meeting, which it's breaking the open right policy, which the attorney general slapped him on the wrist and said, yeah, you guys did it wrong, but just apologize. That's it. Nothing else. He didn't do anything from there. From there, I was already noticing, you want, I'm going to start stepping up because this is ridiculous. You know, you, you do the work, you find them that they spent $65,000. You sent them the, the evidence. And they do the work, they check them out, and they're like, yes, you did spend 65000 but we're just going to slap you on the wrist. No fees, no nothing. They just had to apologize. Well, a little bit about that board. Four of those board members are in these indictments coming up that, you know, we'll talk about it soon, of ballot harvesting. You got the same people that's been on the board for 18, 22 years, and you wonder What's what, this board? What are we talking about? Uh, GSD, Gadsden Elementary School District in San Luis, Arizona. Okay. So this is the type of stuff. So you're talking about school board. The in, school board. Uh-huh. Right. So from there, you know, it, it got me started, you know, as a, as a parent, as a taxpayer, but most importantly, as an American citizen, you know, this is ridiculous. I need to start doing something. So I started digging into more and then I started getting into the city council or started getting into the mayor and, and nonprofits that's in our areas and, what you find half of them were employed with the nonprofits half of them were on the city council board and the school board. You know, it's like the conflicts of interest were there. Their children were having the high, high employments with the city or the school itself. You know, from there I said, you know what, this is, this is enough. This is enough. I'm going to stand up and I decided to run for office. So when I started running for office, everyone was like, Oh, you know, that's when Trump hit, you know, 2020. Oh, you're racist because of the first thing I put Latinos for Trump. And, oh, you're racist against your kind. I'm like, my kind, what kind? Oh, you're supposed to be Mexican. I'm like, I'm Mexican-American. I'm proud of my heritages. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a common sense. Trump is your number one. You know, you can call him racist, whatever you want. That's a personal thing. But can he do the job? Not only that, not true. Exactly. But they're going off that fabrication sure. because the liberals are spoon-feeding them. Right. This is what you need to say. They're all on the same mentality of 
you know, there's no, I can't to this day have a talk with someone and tell me anything different. Otherwise than, oh, he's a racist or this and this and this a playboy. I'm like, okay, but what is that regarding how he governed our, our country? They had nothing to say about that. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, and then I take it one step further mm -hmm. and I say, can you give me a single example correct. of a single racist thing he's ever said? That is correct. And, uh, you know, the truth is they can't. They can't. They've just been told by Don Lamont mm -hmm. and they've been told by Anderson Cooper and Brian Williams. And their media. Yep. They've been told that he's a racist and he says right. racist things. And I'm always like, just what did he say? Yeah. If you watch uh, the television Telemundo, yeah. oh my God, that's super, super, super uh, liberal. With me, it's tough for them because I'm Mexican-American. You know, I've lived in Mexico too, playing right. sports. So I don't fall under their category of being a Republican conservative. Right. You know, I'm supposed to supposedly be on the Democratic side. There, I'm there, sorry to say. There's no. a cataclysmic shift that's getting ready to happen. That is because correct. I am running into more and more Hispanics mm -hmm. and black people. And they like us in little columns, and I'm finding people not in columns no, at all. No. As I talk to um, blacks and Hispanics and whites and everybody that I talk to, I find that we all seem to have very similar views on abortion, Correct. not nearly as disparate as they think. Mm -hmm. And they want to put us in two camps so they can say, if you're in that other camp, you're against women. Correct. And then they get the women vote. It's this weird little chess game they play, mm -hmm. which is mostly bullshit. We know it is. It, it, and, and so, um, you know, this gal down in Texas spooked everybody because okay. she flipped a 100-year Democrat district. Now, there's been some redistricting. That and, is correct. And she may not be able to hold on to it. But there seems to be something going on, certainly within the Hispanic community. Um, instead of keeping its head down and being afraid and only speaking in Spanish, mm -hmm. it seems like it's stepping up and going, hey, I don't agree with that. And you know what? I don't actually have to vote the way you tell me to. Because I think it's been a lot of telling Hispanics how they have to vote. Exactly. And we know the Hispanic culture, uh, majority of it is they're hard workers. So yeah. they're, they're tired of uh, these handouts and the few that might receive it. Nothing against it, but the hardworking families don't want to be told it's, to vote it, this way. The thing is, we like to say, oh, Mexicans are this way. Well, they're actually just like Germans who are that way. Mm -hmm. Like, they're actually just like everybody else. So... Um, Mexican guys, I mean, I, 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 when I go around the country, people always ask me cause I'm down here and mm -hmm. I feel like I have this kind of spirit, Spanish heritage mixed into my, up, cause I'm a native from here. Correct. There's been Mexican people my whole life around me <laughs> everywhere. I don't even hardly notice. I'm sure you, you know? love your Mexican food, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not too much food I don't like actually. It is mi gringuito blanco. So I, I see i've always wondered i'm like why are hispanics such a democrat voting block mm -hmm. because everything they believe in is so republican correct as far as family hard hard work they go to church they believe in god they, catholic they're not pro-abortion exactly uh and and, e and even though as you talk to young hispanics they're thoughts on abortion is very nuanced just like it is with they're not one or the other no they're very thoughtful about mm -hmm. it just like everybody else Correct. i find the more i talk to these different groups mm -hmm. the more I, I go you know if you spend more than 30 seconds talking to people we actually agree on a whole bunch of stuff and i think the uh the democrat i think the republicans and the democrats are both in big trouble Correct. I think the whole thing's shifting. I think the Republicans, they're all taking away guns right now. They're all going 
pro red flag law, but mm-hmm. what the hell's happening? And if you look at half the Republicans who voted for that, all from super conservative Trump states, makes no sense to me. No. So the conservatives are basically on board with Biden. And then the Democrat Party seems to be just shattering. And the people who've been considered Democrat voting blocks are breaking away Correct. and voting pro American. There's going to be this pro-American and this pro-global party mm-hmm. that, that seem to pop up on the scene. So tell me how you fall into that, because you've got some global perspective. Uh, and, and how does that compare and contrast with your local perspective? Well, we look at it as a, the nationwide, what we're seeing going on. Um, it is there. We're noticing obviously What's the there? ones that conservatives that are going for Democratic uh, votes. But we see the Democrats breaking away and actually standing up. And coming towards the neutral area, more towards the Republican conservative. So we notice that from a nationwide. Then we see per state, and we're seeing what's going on with a few of these uh, seats being flipped. So in our county, in Yuma County, and I cover uh, Yuma, Gila Bend, uh, Goodyear, Estrella Mountain, the whole Tohono Tribe, Cocopa Tribe, uh, Xavier, South uh, Casa Grande, Eroy. I mean, I have the biggest Southern district. We're noticing on some areas, they're still got that stronghold of the Grijalva Democratic uh, liberal uh, views, but a lot of them, they're breaking away. Now it's not that, oh, we're going to vote Democrat because that's the way their family, now, wait, third you generation. You said Grijalva. That's mm-hmm. the, the guy down there who's like the open alcoholic that everybody knows. He shows up drunk and late all the yeah, time. Is that, that is the, the Marxist. That is our congressman that's been there. I'm not just saying number, you know, I'm just being but sarcastic. 20 something years. 20 something years, yeah. you know, and we know he's already grooming his daughter to run. Um, you know, luckily we got a conservative guy that's going to run right there and he's going to have a great opportunity because he's a Latino. He's not a, a Caucasian. He's not an African-American. You're talking about Luis? Yeah. yeah. Luis Pozzolo. So he has an opportunity. And you guys aren't in the same. Di- he's a uh, Congress. I'm All running right. for state Senate. Okay. We're in the same area. Yeah. I cover. He covers my area. I, I like cover Luis. I like him. He's a he's a strong fighter. Um, but right now what he needs to do is step it up and start going for the independent democratic voters because that's what's going to win them win them that district you know right now if this is the best time this is the best time to win the congress in that area because these latino voters they're starting to see what's going on in texas they're starting to see what's going on in uh virginia they're starting to see all this and that's all they need they need to say you want it is okay to vote republican it is okay to vote for something better than what they're used to you know, with inflation, it's hitting them out their pocket. It's hitting their children. It's hitting their housing, their work, well, their employment, gas. I mean, yeah. everything. And then on top of that, now we got baby powder issues. Come right. on now. Right. And formula. And formula. Yeah. And tampons. I mean, what the hell's going on? It's, 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 it's bizarre. This administration. This is communist stuff. This administration that's currently up in the White House, but this administration between local and state. At least in my uh, district, when we see it statewide, but I'm just specifying my district is I invite everyone to come down to the south south uh, area. You'll see the difference of how a Republican area is ran and how a Democratic area is ran. If we look at Chicago, we look at all these. That's how they ran. This is what we're looking at. You don't see it because it's all open uh, desert, but you do see it. A little bit crossing in uh, Yuma at the open borders right there in San Luis, Arizona, between Somerton, Gadsden, and San Luis. Not Yuma City, but Yuma County is where all these illegals are coming. On top of that, now you got fentanyl. Now you got uh, ballot harvesting. I mean, you got plethora of stuff that we're the last pillar of the United States because if you're 
listening to us in New York. You're listening to us in Wisconsin. You're like, oh, that has nothing to do with us. We're miles away. It totally matters. I'm sorry to say they're getting shipped down and up, down, sideways, anywhere you want to go in the United States as a free ride. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get into uh, what happened with the election in 2020 because we're going to get pulled off the air if we do. Um, I think we all know, I think all of us down here that are in the scene know what happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's almost the best thing that's happened because it's been going on for 25 or 40 years. Correct. And I think now everyone is pumping the brakes and has their eyes wide open watching really hard. You know, we it's easy to quietly sit back and show up to vote every two years and write a couple of checks mm -hmm. if you feel like everything's going along on the up and up. Mm -hmm. But when you find out that it maybe isn't on the up and up, uh, all of a sudden everybody goes, whoa, hold on a second. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's going on. I think we're going to see there's not there's a sea change going on because everybody's watching now and you can't put your thumb on the scale as much as has been the case, I think, for a long time. I think the sad part about the 2020 election is I think it's business as usual. That's what's been going on. I think they freaked out about Donald Trump getting elected in 2016 because he beat the cheat. Yep. So my perspective, and you know, I am a little bit younger, but I have a different perspective in a way 2016 he beat the cheat 2020 they knew he was going to win by big numbers they've been cheating forever we know this but this is the point where they said you want we need to roll the dice we need to win we don't care we get caught we don't care but as long as we got the money to take care of everyone that's in charge of verifying and certifying it that's all that matters. So what we saw in 2020, we saw, you know, I'm just saying statewide here in Arizona, each each county was different. We had county recorders that, for example, in Yuma County, that county recorder has already uh, put in her notice miraculously because now the sheriff has 14 to 16 uh, cases of voter fraud. Okay, and she's supposed to be in charge of it. And this happened in 2020, but yet it didn't come out until two years later. Right. On top of that, you know, this is where I'm kind of the different view I'm one of the guys, I'm actually the guy that caught voter harvesting ever, 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 indictable case, open to close. I was sent down. I was pulling at the polling station by myself, recording on my phone, these people that I just talked about on the school board, part of the city council member, but on top of that, working for nonprofits, like business, like usual. Did, did they get in trouble? Yes. Finally, after two years. From whom? Who prosecuted them? Attorney General, finally. Which one? Right now, Brunovich. Brunovich. So okay. this happened in the primary before the presidential in the 2020. Okay. So it was happening that same day I sent David. If somebody wants to know about that case, mm -hmm. how do they find out about that? Because, you know, there's so much rumor and never, nobody ever fact checks anybody. So what you're saying is because you knew everybody because it's small town Arizona. Correct. You knew all these folks from different city councils and school boards and mayors and all the stuff in these little mm -hmm. towns. You just basically went as deputy dog, went and sat by a, a polling station. That is correct. The reason I was at that polling station, one there was a gentleman named David Lada, Republican, most hated Hispanic in that area because he was a Republican. And he was adamant about his uh, his 
fourth ringing. He told me, this is what I've been doing for 22 years. These are the game players. This is what's going to happen. Sit. I'm going to leave because they're going to do it in front of me. But in front of you, they don't respect you. They don't know who you are. They're going to do it in front of you. I don't care if there's a copper or the judge. They don't care. They do it in front of you. So I sat, I listened, and I started recording. And within 30 minutes I was there, I got 23 videos of 23 different people in 37 accounts of voter fraud, forgery, uh, giving ballots, trading money. I mean, what you name it, it was there in those videos. Well, I think this is going on all over the country. Yes. And I think certainly, you know, you go around the country and you go, how can... How can they be doing that? How, who is voting for this? Right. And and you talk to folks, and uh, and and they, and nobody knows how. Well, I think I I mean I think we know how. I think they've been cheating right out in the open, and in small town they get away with it. Correct. And nobody. When's the last time you heard of somebody being indicted and prosecuted no. on this stuff? You, you know what the biggest issue that we've seen so far? What? So when I turned that in, we I turned it in David Lada. David Lada turned it into the county recorder. County recorder to the sheriff. Within the next day, I had a call. Which sheriff? Uh, Wilmot. Okay. And you, my very good guy. Um, from there, a day later, I had a call from the FBI. Uh, we met up with the FBI. He took my statements. He took the videos. I mean, they were they're like, wow, this is some this is some video this is like some shady shit. This, this is some shady shit. But this is also like video from HBO 60 Minute quality, good stuff. So from there, Attorney General contacted us within about a month, about three weeks, to be honest. It was like um, end of September, right? So from there, he already knew there was fraud. But by that time, he already had affidavits from 50 people that we turned in that had to deal with that voter fraud as well that we know. So, But, but you had the evidence. We had the evidence. We showed him not just on video, but I saw it as well. And I testified as well. But he waited. He waited. This was September. He waited until the president, presidential. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a little excited here. Presidential election in uh, November. And Trump got it stolen from him here in the state of Arizona. And what happens? He says there was no fraud. How's that possible if there's no fraud? And I know from a little city that I counted all these videos and quite a few uh, ballots were definitely there. Not just one, not just two, quite a few. And I got the ballot mafia crew there, right? So, okay. So then we called What's and, the ballot mafia crew? Tell me so, what that is. So for it is, it's like uh, crypto. Crypto right here is the exchange of money. Well, the ballots were exchange of power and money. So, for example, a going rate for a ballot that you picked up from someone was $40. That's what they were you paying You mean like them. if you were ballot mining, Correct. ballot harvesting. So just like the mafia. And is that legal in Arizona? No, that's illegal. Okay. Just like the mafia and the cartel in Mexico, same exact format. They used it. They have their little groups, bigger groups, smaller groups that take care of different other things. This is the money. This is the who you're going to do calling. And these are you're gonna, the door. You're going to go to uh, nonprofits. It was a organization, a mafia. So we had the game players. We turned in 50 people that were just the ones helping, but we turned in another 60 people of the main players. So he had a list of 110 people. Just, just, just from your little area. Just from our area, which right. is, you we, know, and you, and, and it's like ants. Well, if, if you saw a hundred yeah, of them, how gonna, many were there? There's quite a bit, but you're going to understand there's more to this. It's not just our area. Okay, so this area was the start of it. When you say this area, what area? Yuma County. Okay. From there, you got to remember, who's the mayor of Tucson? She's from Summerton, Arizona, which is Yuma County. Who's the, the right-hand man for Mark Kelly? He's from uh, Summerton, Arizona, which is Yuma County. 
all the movers and shakers are out throughout the whole Southern Arizona. They have the same people going back and forth, helping each other during this movement, uh, ballot harvesting, ballot uh, voting for non-parties, you know, to register them, like what we're seeing right now, you know, dropping $10 million into these nonprofits. Um, like I said, there's a lot of stuff there. So the reason why it's not getting out, well, we waited four months in December, 2020, 21, there was two indictments of two ladies for uh, ballot harvesting, just one count each, right? Then we go into uh, January, 2022. So that's almost so two. So this year, this, this year, year, six months ago. They added four other counts, felonies, high felonies, forgery, yada, yada, yada. But it's amazing it took two years to get the same exact counts that you would originally gave them because they gave them plea bargains. One was a neighbor that turned on to the turned over the lady that is uh, actually the mover and shaker. She's the one in charge of the money. So that lady that had the mover and shaker, she's a school board member. She also works for the nonprofit. So she so is she in trouble? She took the she, she took, took the plea, plea and this thirtieth coming up is her sentencing. The first lady got a slap on the wrist, six months, uh, house arrest and uh misdemeanor this lady took a felony for life and she can't be on a school board or can't be on an elected official or a parent but the attorney general didn't say one year two year three year left it up to the judge right so that's just one we have 37 people that we know for sure should be indicted and nothing's happened in two years now from before the reason why I want to explain that is so you understand our legal system. The top dog is the attorney general. Yeah. We had truth of the vote come down that reached out with, to us in September because they found out that we had some, some evidence. They came down. Greg came down. We talked me, David Lada and Greg. We talked, he saw the videos. He saw exactly. We explained it and he was wow. Because they've always been working on something like that. Everyone's like, oh, you know, if we but just had evidence, exactly. Evidence. They had the evidence, but, a little bit further, David Lada was 22 years, explained exactly how it was created, how it was started, and how it looks, because that's what they were missing. They didn't understand that they pick them up and turn them in. By the time it gets turned in, it's a legal vote. It's how you got the vote is what matters. So with that, David Lada and Gray were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then Aoshi comes to the movie that's been the biggest banned movie that there is. That's the truth is 2000 mules. Yeah. In the 2000 mules, you'll see a lot of evidence, a lot of uh, geo tracking. You know, you can't get away from the geo tracking, but there's a woman on there that's from San Luis, Arizona. She's actually a Democrat that worked for that lady. That's indicted the mover and shaker. Yeah. She's the accountant. She has 20 years of money coming from all over the United States and even foreign money coming through nonprofits coming through, Grijalba coming through all those groups that, you know, USA DA funds through a nonprofit for voting or agriculture or housing, you know, so it's a slush fund. It's a slush fund. We know what it is. So that lady got to the point. She was mad because they were supposed to give her a certain raise, take care of her family. And what they did, they went with one of the, one of the family members that's appointed and put them in the position. So the lady just got pissed off. And said, you want? And she blew the whistle. And blew the whistle. And that's how we got her opportunity to get on true to the vote. The lady's so pissed off now because they're saying, oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. That's a model, actually, uh, an actor on the TV. She wants to come out live 
and present herself who she is and say, you know what? I'm this person. I don't care. Mm. So it's stuff like that, that no one will ever know because the liberal media will block it as soon as possible. You notice 2000 meals came out and within the next week. Oh, there's a shooting, you know, unfortunately the loss of the children, but it's an example. Everything that the truth, they block it with something else, some other event, you know, it's, it's getting ridiculous. The only way we're going to know is these kind of a podcast people to people talking to people. And then, you know, like I said, I was just a regular citizen, you know, stepping up, doing my, I'm a PC, doing my job, you know, because you know, fraud is fraud. You know, I don't care what party you are. This is, this is your vote that counts. How fluent in Spanish are you? Very fluent. Are you more Spanish than English or equal? Equal. Okay. So from there, so you're able to traverse both communities pretty smoothly. Very smoothly. Um, from there, you ask, how do you get it out? How do you get it to the masses? Well, you believe in your legal system. You got the attorney general. He didn't get out. So I started, when I decided to run, I started going to Tucson and all over the Arizona. That wasn't even my district, but I'd go. My first event was in Tucson and Blake Masters was there as well. I was a speaker and he was right behind me. I talked about, you know, what's going on at the border immigration that I live there. I'll talk about the battle harvesting that we have going on that no one wants to help us out and get at noon. I talked to Blake and Blake really didn't care. He's like, okay, you know, didn't really care who I was or even the story of a constituent in his area about ballot harvesting. So that was the first time I met uh, Blake. I had other people that I told and they gave me the opportunity and listened and found a way to maybe uh, check it out. So that's how one of them came through truth of the vote, how we were contacted because one of these constituents or people that we went to these LGs and talked about it they uh somehow got the hotline of true the vote and they actually reached out and, to us and who's true the vote is that dinesh d'souza that's uh greg and Catherine. that is true the vote work hand in hand with dinesh d'souza okay correct okay. They're the are ones, they, and are they local arizona people no they're out of texas okay they're the ones that do all the all the all the data and stuff like that they did the investigation 100 percent. dinesh d'souza is the one that did the movie itself about the investigation exactly. that they did. Oh, okay, all the okay. evidence and all the, the hard work and time is from True to the Vote, which is uh, Catherine and Greg. So I've gone through the whole state of Arizona saying, you know, I'm running for state senate, but this is more the story why I'm running for state senate was the ballot harvesting, what I have, and what the people are crossing. So that was the beginning of it before it was actually big, big, big. I had a couple times to meet with Jim Lehman and Jim Lehman had the opportunity to listen to me, just a constituent didn't know I was running for state offers or nothing. And I told him, and he was interested because he was told me he was the first one that has been helping uh, fund the audit that's going on in Maricopa. I said, you know, this is what's going on in Yuma County. I know it might not be sexy or important, but to me, this is important. You know, I'm a constituent and voting for me means something. So he helped looked into it. He got some movement going and from there on, he's always been active with me asking, what can we do? What can we do? What we can do in your area to put the highlight? What can we do in your area to make it more secure? And I told him, well, as of right now, we're waiting for the attorney general. Everything's on him. But if you can put some pressure on him somehow, or you can get people to put pressure on him somehow to, to find out what's going on with these cases, that would be greatly appreciated. Just bring your mic up an inch. From, from there, you know, We've been in contact. Then again, in the campaign trail, I see Blake again for the second time. By that time, their indictments were already out. It was public by the attorney general. I tell him, and he tells me, it's not enough to change change the, the election. I'm like, that's not the point. 
I said, the point is there's fraud. You know, regardless of what our attorney general said, there's fraud. And he knows there was fraud because just on mine, he saw it before. Right. Even if he had 200, 300, 400 uh, lawyers under him, they had to tell him, we have video, there's fraud. You know what's going on is it's a big deal, but they're burying everybody who talks about it. Correct. So if you're trying to get your message out for statewide office for mm -hmm. a federal position or even, well, let's say a statewide message, you know, you have to get a part of the state message out, right? Correct. Blake's got to get a statewide message out. Correct. He's got to get on mainstream yeah. media. He's got to advertise there. And if he mentions this stuff, they delete him. Correct. So they are basically, there is a massive collusion and cover-up, just like of the Hunter Biden laptop, which if that had come out in any other presidential election in history, mm. maybe it wouldn't have been suppressed if it wasn't against Donald Correct. Trump, you know? Yep. And like I said, that's the second time I met Blake. I told him again, like I said, it wasn't going to change the election. Okay, sounds good. So you felt like it was, it, he wasn't listening and giving it its due and how much it mattered. Well, one, as a constituent, he didn't he didn't care well you're not his constituent yet he has he's not he hasn't been elected yeah. right well if you're running for a candidacy you talk to your people that's consider your constituent yeah but um the people we the people that live in this country we the people that live in this county yeah. this this state yeah you know you got to listen because that's how you get elected right yeah he didn't he didn't care so twice one more time he already knew he saw it he said hi and that's all he cared about and from there, you know, unfortunately, you know, for due respect, if you're not willing to talk about what happened with the fraud, I don't believe you're a conservative because at the end of the day, I'm not worrying about you as a conservative. I'm worried about the whole United States, the whole state, the whole community. I don't care if you're Republican, liberal, I don't care. It's our vote. That's yeah. our civic duty, yeah. and that's all we have in this country. You know, it's funny. Democracy keeps us from revolution because mm -hmm. we it, it's a pressure release valve. Correct. You know, because we get to vote. Mm -hmm. We get to vote on special elections, midterms, and in the main cycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't think... I think January 6th was a small event that scared them for real. Yes. And it was... In, combination with the fact that they know they cheated on the whole election correct they know they cheated across the country they've been doing it for years they've been doing it since john it, kennedy it's not new and they're getting caught at it and w when you disenfranchise veterans who've got skills and you disenfranchise libertarians and you disenfranchise guys that own ar-15s and have got skills mm -hmm. That's a different group of people that you piss off. Correct. And if their vote doesn't, if they can't vote you out, they'll find a way. They'll find another way. Yep. You know, we know that the vote works because it stops the pitchfork. That is correct. And the pitchfork will show up on your doorsteps if you mm -hmm. steal the vote because we're not peasants here. Well, we see what uh, they're doing. The chief justice is outside their house uh, rioting, and that's legal. Well, now we know it's not, but that's the left side. That's it, the liberal. Yeah, they're no, they're they are a lawless horde of gangsters and mafiosas. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so that's a. Did you have more you want to dive into about the election, the twenty twenty election? Mm, let's see. You got anything else that's, that's spicy, scintillating, and spicy we might like? Okay, uh, Monday evening uh, with Carrie Lake and Javon. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Pitzer, Pitzer gentlemen uh we'll be streaming live 
all the videos that I have that I recorded so everyone can see the platform and see the difference to what video the attorney general is showing the judge where he cuts off a minute of the forgery to only show that the lady gave another lady four ballots. Why is the attorney general colluding and not prosecuting? I don't know, but look at it in Scottsdale, the lady that got indicted for voting for her dead mother ballot. I don't know if you heard of that one. Yeah. She got three years probation, right? Yeah. But this lady, that's one of the head mafia ones here in Southern Arizona. He leaves it up to the judge. That's kind of weird. Well, the attorney general doesn't get to state what your punishment is. On the plea bargain, he could. Oh, on the plea bargain. Yeah. That's right. That's right. On okay. the plea bargain, he could. Now, it's the judge's discretion to say, yes, I accept it, or I want harsher or weaker. Yeah. But he didn't leave it. He left it open to the judge. So, to me, it's very important that we understand, you know, there's the laws. This is what it is. If we just stick by the laws, what the foundations are of our forefathers will be good. Now I do understand we are in modern times, something you got to twerk a little, but I'm sorry to say it is perfect. You know, I, I kind of, it's funny. I, I tell people all the time, I go, look, you know, if, if I were to run for governor, I've been asked to like run for office. I'm mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't change a thing. No, I would go on a crusade of accountability. That would be my entire campaign. Say we already have laws breaking the law no. we're just going to enforce them exactly and uh we're going to bring a camera up when we bust people for breaking the law so people know they're going to get their their uh their ass in a, in a in a in a jam if they do this the problem is there's no accountability anywhere no um the I mean, attorney general you know the problem with attorneys is they have a tendency to want perfect cases because they are risk averse and they're mostly wussies Attorneys are generally pretty wussy. They want to have a perfect track record, like they, you would say. They want a perfect record. The problem with that is you don't get to the Super Bowl and you don't get to the World Series with a perfect record. Exactly. You just get there with a good one, mm -hmm. maybe the best one. Well, mm -hmm. the best one, right? But you still have a lot of losses. They're, they're wussies because life is not about a perfect record. See, I use a little different terminology of a wording. I said spineless. Oh, and I say they're pussies. No cojones. Yeah, no cojones. They got no balls. So the, the truth is, if you know there are a thousand cases, jam up everybody and lose some of the cases. Yep. Start spooking people. Because you make people spend money to get criminal defense mm -hmm. attorneys, that, for most people, even low-level civic employees, that scares the shit out of them. It's yeah. a lot of money. You know, when your attorney says, hey, I'll take this on for you, I need $25,000 to start. People, most people go, uh, oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, I say jam everybody up, even if you know you're going to lose half the cases. Because mm -hmm. uh, if you do that, you put the fear of repercussions in everybody's mind. You get all those people on video, mm -hmm. indict them all. Correct. You're not going to win them all. That's okay. But, get them all but, hiring attorneys. But it's let them spend their money. Let them spend their money. That's right. Let Start them the defend grind. themselves. We know. We know. For example, the ladies that we had here have five lawyers. Two local and three from Phoenix that say high crimes. They're all paid by the DNC. But once that 2,000 mules came out, it broke them. They said, why are we spending money if it's already out? So they let, they dropped it and said, let's plea bargain. Because mm, they knew that it was, it they, was done. It, they, 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 they were trying to hold on to it and show there's no fraud. There's no fraud. There's no fraud. There's, Trump's a big lie. We have the truth. And we broke it. You know, like you said, people that run on that, that say, oh, the big lie, the big lie. I'm sorry to say. I can guarantee you it's not a big lie. I'm one of the guys. I have the video. 
everyone's going to have the video. So I run on it because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. So your mission in life right now, and maybe from God and, uh, and your whole raison d'etre for getting into politics is because you've seen democracy completely stolen in the area in which you live. And you want to stop it from being it's, stolen. It's not just the area. It's the whole United States. I mean, when you got... But you know about your yes, area. Yes. Right. Yes, yes, so yes. I don't, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to interpolate too I, much. I consider my area the Grijalvas, the Fernandeses, and the local area city council and mayors, which is Summerton and San Luis, to be explicit to the same, same problem. You know, they're not worrying about the community. They're not worrying about infrastructure. They're not worrying about anything except themselves and their formats between their nonprofits. There's more nonprofits in our community than overall in certain states in that little small geographic area, which is improbable. Bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah, you know, it, it, you see, uh, there should be, if these folks, imagine if the elected people just did their jobs with a good heart. Wow. Imagine if they just did that. Yeah, just that's, I mean, that's a lot to ask, Democrats right? too. Democrats Everyone. or Republicans. Everyone. I would vote for Democrats who oh. just did, you know, like just for the, did the thing mm -hmm. they were hired to do. Correct. But they're everyone's not. Mm -hmm. You know, um, these Republicans who are voting for red flag laws, they're not doing what they were elected no. to do. No. If people just did what they were elected to do, this is an amazing system. And we've got no accountability right now. And the number one accountability is you can fire the damn politicians. You can throw the bums out. Mm -hmm. And we can't throw them out now. Nope. They're locked in. Mm -hmm. So I got a question on you. This gal freaked everybody out down in Brownsville yes, there. she did for sure. So this is a question that I ask everyone, even candidates. Yeah. It doesn't matter what side of the party. To you, what are your top three... Uh, important issues right now in the United States. The vote. Election integrity is number one. Okay. Majority of these candidates are dropping it lower. Yeah. Okay. It's, the, it's number one because without it, nothing else matters. Exactly. You understand. So when you got people listening, you know, they talk about inflation. They talk about the borders. They talk, you know, what, I don't even care what you want to talk about. At the end of the day, why are we in this predicament? It comes down to voting system. It, Whoever's in, in office makes the legislation, yep. makes the rules. We're in this predicament. And the reason the polls have shifted so badly is nobody wanted this. Nobody in the electorate believes in this. Mm -hmm. It is being shoved down our throats by people who were not cleanly elected. That's it. And elections, they're not as split and they're not as even as they like to make them out to be. Mm -hmm. They like to say that. But it's not. It's not true. I think Trump won in a goddamn landslide. I know it. Well, put it this way. Trump won Pima County, which is a crazy, but... What it's showing you is that there's Latinos that regardless if they think he's racist or not, or whether they've been indoctrinated, it all depends. Who do you trust that will take care of the United States? That's why a lot of people immigrated legally to the United States because they know there's rules, there's laws right, right. in other countries. They don't have that. Is there anything else um, that is uh, driving you or motivating you? I mean, it seems to me like you're a very civic and uh charitably motivated human being mm -hmm. i'm not as charitably charitably <laughs> motivated as you are i've been kind of um i know i'm almost embarrassed to say it but i've been kind of fixated on my family and 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 making sure i can provide for them and making my parents proud by being successful and i've been focused on business and financial stuff 
and and then I kind of arrived at a place with that, and mm -hmm. and now I've become much more civically minded because I've got the largesse to like, okay, I can write a check to this person, I can donate to this person, Correct. and then this venue has given me a place to kind of have a voice I never had quite. Uh, I mean, nobody gets a voice like this. Correct for me. It comes down to my, I see my family, I see my kid, I see what's going around here in the beautiful United States, if you can call it still that, because it's it's literally, little by little, slipping away. Yeah. Uh, the older generation that's fought for it, veterans, they've, they've did their work. It's time for my age and youth to take the reins. But I'm sorry to say, from my age down, not the next generation, but my age down, to the 20s, we're the laziest group I've seen. You know, they complain about everything. You know what? Go put your signs up. Go work. Get it done. Don't expect for a handout. At yeah. the end of the day, if you want to go somewhere else, I invite you to go to different countries and see what it is to actually have to work. Who are you running against in the primary? I have no primary. All right. So you're running unopposed. I'm running unopposed. Uh in it, my area before there was never a hispanic mexican-american that speaks fluent spanish because i pull well with the left theory of oh it's always a caucasian african-american or whatever you want to say but never a hispanic person i'm a hispanic person mexican-american conservative constitution so you're running against an entrenched incumbent democrat Yes, incumbent. The gentleman himself, he's actually in the state house. His mom was uh, Charlene Fernandez. I don't know if you heard of her, but she was the majority whip until she lost the seat of the house. Then she got dropped down from the majority whip. She uh, halfway through the term this season, she uh, withdrew to go to the Biden camp. She's the director of the USDA uh, Agriculture Fund. She's the one that funds these nonprofits like in Yuma County that we're talking about that get the vote out and stuff like that. Her son that never lived in Yuma County in a long time, he actually worked in D.C., he uh, was appointed as a House representative. He, he was appointed? Who appointed him? Uh, the County Supervisors of Yuma, which is three Democrats, two Republicans. So, And the president of the County Supervisor is the owner of one of the big nonprofits down there in San Luis, Arizona, which employs a few of these people that were indicted. From there, Brian himself doesn't speak Spanish. Brian is uh, he's an intelligent gentleman, what you can say, but he doesn't have what it takes and the needs for our community. And when I say our community, it's Yuma, it's Cocopa, uh, it's uh, Gila Band, it's Goodyear, Estrella Mountain, Tohono Tribe, Ajo, you know, Xavier, which is a part of South Tucson, but it's still yeah. a part of the Tohono. Yeah. Then, you know, South Casa Grande, Elroy. He doesn't have that time. I put 37,000 so miles. He's, he's the kid of a politician who's basically been a beltway brat hanging up up in Washington because he's got political aspirations. And now he's gotten appointed by her friends in the uh, county commissioner, by the county commissioners. Yes. Um, well, we have county supervisors. County, county supervisors. Same, same exact thing, though. All right. By the county supervisors in Yuma County, mm -hmm. because of her vacating her seat, they've now appointed a legacy last name into the seat. Correct. It sounds... It sounds like some boss hog dirty bullshit. Well, you're going to love it more. She was going to try to put her daughter running for the state uh, house as well. But unfortunately, they had big issues because by appointing her son, all these uh, Democratic groups were mad because they're like, we've been putting all the work. We have three other people that should deserve that spot. And she didn't care. She put her son forcefully. So what it is, it created that drama 
On top of that, now you have the ballot harvesting breaking up that mafia, those groups that are all majority of all Democrats. So what do you have now? Now you have a broken system that are not helping each other out. And that's what's going on right now. In a, so you in think you got, you got a chance to go up against them? Oh, I, I got a, got a, got a, got a huge chance. I mean, I'm everywhere on that gentleman's feet. I'm knocking doors. I'm everywhere. I make sure I'm well-known, my presence, you know, being a baseball player, being living in Mexico, bringing a lot of different campaign styles, you know, bringing down professional baseball players from the Yankees, bringing boxers, five-time world base champions, oh. you know. Uh, right now, Fernando Montiel, he's a five-time world champion, uh, three uh, three weight classes as well. He's coming down for the 4th of July I'm for the Hispanic community because he is a Hispanic gentleman. From Are you having a big party or something? Oh, we're having four days of party. Really? And we're going to be up here in uh, Scottsdale. Well, what we're doing is nothing but clinics for youth boxing because I care about giving sports back to our youth. Because okay. right now with all this inflation, the number one that gets hit is the youth right. during sports. Right. You know, we don't want them to be veering off to fentanyl and all of the stuff that's going on in our communities, you know, that we need to see. So we need to take care of them. And that's to me, like I said, that's why I'm running. You know, United States is not perfect, but it was perfect to me. I know. I agree. Let's, um, you know, I feel like the United States, let me, let me see if I can say this right. I feel like it is a perfectly restored vintage Ford pickup. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything is perfect about it. And it's being driven by someone trying to break it. It's this beautiful thing. It doesn't need anything. Mm -hmm. An old Ford pickup is perfect. doesn't need anything. With your analogy, I feel we'll talk about that same Ford pickup. Oh, but you want a Chevy, baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll talk about that same Ford pickup. But what you're saying and describing is they're taking it to the derby and beating the shit out of it. Yeah. I believe that's what's going on. And I'm hoping the Ford holds up or we can get Patriots back in charge because I think the the Washington Republican establishment, I think they're scumbags and I think they're liars and I think they need to be taken out of office. And and I'm very Spartan about what I would do. Well, let's look at uh, just the average. What's the average uh, congressman time frame over there in Washington, D.C.? Too long. Too long. You know what? I don't mind too long. What I what I mind is them there too long. Mm -hmm. Like I think we almost should have Congress. You, you should have to stay in your district. Correct. You should not have to be in Washington D.C. because all that is is a cesspool for them to go and get corrupted. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want new people all the time because then I'm paying. For, I'm, you know, we've got these new. The only thing good about having new people all the time is they can't get anything done. The problem is they don't. They, do, don't, they don't know the special interest groups. Right. The backdoor deals. But we just we do need to do stuff right. as a society. But I don't want you know that I'm against term limits because I don't always term limits are a cop out. Mm. They're a cop out for not busting people for corruption. Mm. Term limits are saying we want term limits because these people are so bad, uh, but we don't have the spine to throw them in jail. They're so bad we need to get rid of them automatically, and we need the government to usurp my vote. I want that guy in again, but he's so bad. We're going to make a rule so he can't stay or she can't stay. Mm -hmm. I think it's a cop-out. I want experienced legislators. I want a blend of experienced and new people. And I want that plurality of humanity there trying to, to lead. Uh, but I want people busting them. Who's I, watching them? I'm glad that you're talking about experience. So I'm just gonna, let's go to my local legislatures here in, in Arizona. I mean, 
anyone can run. That's a beautiful thing about the, you know, democracy in the United States, but we need experience. We need someone that knows, not just a, a person that just gets appointed by a family member or, you know, doesn't have the education knowledge to be able to read in English or withstand what a bill is, you know, that's the type of stuff that needs to be held accountable. Just like in the watching, you know, you got someone that's for popularity wins. They don't even know what's going on. So how are they going to be able to help their communities and constituents when they don't have the educational level for that? Well, I don't even know if it's education. I just think it's experience, you know, I life, think, life experience. I think most 10 year olds know what the right thing is exactly. when you present the facts in front of them. I just think that people are detached mm -hmm. and they're not accountable for when they do the wrong thing. No one's getting in trouble. You know, the only time we ever hear about a politician getting in trouble is when they haven't paid taxes. Number one, that's always blasted. Or they've broken some crazy campaign finance law, which are really complicated, as you well know. Very hard. Um, you can accidentally break a campaign law by talking to the wrong person at the yeah. wrong time. So they've they've got this web of crazy rules, which I think is why Trump's not saying out loud that he's running for president. Because as soon as he does, he's got to follow got, all these yeah. crazy rules. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need a staff of attorneys around you to keep you from stepping in the mud. And I think they've got dirt on everybody, and they just choose when they're going to drop the hammer on them That's so correct. they can control them. Yeah. Well, listen, um, so w w you clearly want to be a part of uh, cleaning up elections, and it clearly is something that, you know, you're going to try and have on your on your, uh, on your your radar screen, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the border, because um, you guys are, it's in your face down it's there. It's so literally in, it. in the back of our yard. Um, since it started from the beginning, I've always been there. I've been there at the border, people crossing illegally, majority of them all uh, from South America. So they all speak uh, Spanish. So I talked to them in Spanish, asking them where did they come? How much do they spend? How long of the time? You start getting some stories that are just the same fabricated. You get some that actually, you know, be honest. Hey, we did this. We went with a friend because they told us, hey, we can do this. We have family all over here. They give us the phone number. We pay $10,000, $15,000. You know, you start hearing the stories on and on and on. Once in a while, though, you'll get the people that are really, really scared. And they'll tell you, you know, we, my mom just got a, abducted because she couldn't pay for herself and it was right here at the border on the other side i'm like well how's that possible well we paid the cartel to bring us here and they cross here at this certain time i'm like okay well so it's coordinated definitely coordinated organized okay i'm like well how about the nonprofits? they already have the phone number for this nonprofit when they cross so they help them mexicali they cross into the united states and miraculously this nonprofit's there with water pizzas from little caesars or yada 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 you know it's like, all right, you know, I understand you're helping, but that is not helping. It's colluding. It's colluding. Well, it, it, it's actually, it's, it's, um, it's a conspiracy to commit a crime. Correct. Now we go a little stir further. You know, you hear the attorney generals, you hear all these people talking about the border. Well, yes, everyone's crossing illegally, but no one talks about they're coming through the Tohono or they're coming through the Cocopaw tribe because of sovereign land. And they escort them into the Arizona property from the tribe, from the tribe. Now, if you or me or any citizen or resident want to walk onto the tribe, a fine up to $200 and 90 days in, in jail. And they graciously said, get off our property. But yet people that are crossing, they don't say nothing. Now we do understand they have their, their, their opinions, their thoughts because of their own, you want know get to the point. If that's how you're going to do, you know, originally the land was yours. Now it's together combined, but we have a say, you know, you can't be doing, creating 
breaking the law, sending the people into our country. So this is challenging for you because Very these, challenging. Are, these are potential constituents. Well, that- I, I work with them and I understand, but it, it's not their... It's not the people that live on the tribe. It's the elders. Yeah. The elders are the ones that are- Well, they're corrupt sons of bitches. They're in on it. So So, I I got a story for you. Yeah. You want to hear a story? Yes, please. Okay. So I have a friend. I got to be really careful how I word this. Um, They were former tier one. um, Their specialty was observation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when they got out of the military, they could- as a hobby, Correct. started observing on the border. Mm-hmm. And they set up game cameras and all oh. kinds of stuff. Okay, I, I think I know who you're talking about. If he's still doing it? Um, still alive, not doing it anymore. Oh, yeah. gotcha. So uh, inactive now. Well, I have game cameras too. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they kind of made a habit. You know, they were trained by the State Department mm-hmm. and really good at this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And... I was making knives for them and some of their friends when I first got in the business. So this is 12 years ago. And they had observed these trains of guys carrying backpacks of drugs up here mm-hmm. and then turning around and going back to Mexico with packs of cash. Correct. To swap. They were just swapping. Exchanges. And it was happening on the Tohono Odom Nation oh, yeah. land. Correct. And there were, I don't know if you remember about a sheriff that drove up onto a deal down there and got shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys said they were down there when that happened and said that, you know, basically they had a observer. They're using like military tactics. They're, they've are they got overlooks so oh, yeah. watching them and directing them on radio. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff rolled into that and got into a gunfight with an observer. Correct. They said they had encountered... Uh, you know, European kind of military mm-hmm. guys with these, they thought they were Russians. Correct. And so they, at gunpoint, got into a, got into a altercation with about 20 guys and ended up seizing a bunch of drugs and cash. Mm-hmm. And the nation showed up and these guys had a sniper on Overwatch and they Correct. basically turned their rifles right to the natives and mm-hmm. said you know get the fuck out of here or you're next mm-hmm. and, the, and the nation backed up they called the dea and i guess cbp showed up seized the drugs and the cash and got off the land and let everybody go mm-hmm. and, and the guys came back to me i've seen them come back with some bullet holes in their vehicles and stuff correct so it sounds pretty crazy down there it's 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 in the kokopa area which is in yuma county you won't see that as much but the Tohono, it's open area. Yeah. Right there is where everyone crosses. I mean, I took the bus going up to uh, Sinaloa. So you go the back way, Aguapieta and all that. And you see all these buses just stop in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, what's going on? And then you see like 15, 20 people getting down with backpacks because that's where they cross. The reason it's not closed there or the Cocopa because they have their tribal areas in Mexico too. Right, it crosses over the border. It crosses over the border, so they can't close it. And are they charging a tax to the people coming in through the nation? Is it just a revenue fund for them? It's a revenue fund. I mean, I guarantee you if there's a movie, I don't remember what movie it was, but you see one of the cartel women, she flies into a a sovereign nation. She has her big old house. It's out in the dune. You know, no one there, and it's huge. But the DEA comes in and and arrests her. Why ain't the DEA doing that in the Tohono or the Cocoa Pot Tribe? Because they don't have sovereignty. 
Exactly. Right, because they have sovereignty. Um, so my friends went a little bit further and they uh, started videoing. Mm-hmm. They, they started saying, oh, something's going on with the tribal leadership. Correct. And so they got some video of elected representatives meeting with the tribal leaders and money changing hands. Mm-hmm. They put together a whole case and they submitted it to the paper here in town. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing got suppressed. And these dudes shut their operation down. They said they were uh, scared. These are dudes who were pipe-hitting contractors yeah. who were tier one operators. Scared for their and life. And they, they were scared for their life here in town. Well, that just tells you what type of money and type of people, personnel, yeah. that I don't want to say the tribal area has. It's the cartel. It's the cartel. And they're doing business with the tribe. The tribe's doing business with elected officials, and everybody was fucking in on it. Correct. Anyways, I watched this whole thing. I mean, I heard about it, and these guys were not, they're, they're not a lying bunch. And it was a, guys kind of telling me what happened together. Correct. You know, if one dude isolates and tells you yeah. something, you figure maybe he's drinking one, beer. The next one will have a different story. Yada, yada. No, these guys were all like pretty tight lip professional Correct. dudes. And, I, and they were like, Greg, you want to go with us? And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to keep making knives. See, as far as that aspect, I don't get into that further uh, as a support. I record everyone coming in live. I do it live. So there's no excuse that it left. Oh, they're fake. They, you modify it. No, it's live. Um, luckily, I'm never getting banned yet from Facebook for those videos. But I also do a cleanup. I was the first one to start cleaning up before any nonprofit started doing it. I started cleaning up because what it is in our area, 70% of all the lettuce is going to the East coast. We feed the East coast from Yuma County. They were stepping, they were using the restroom on there. They were, everything was getting cultivated. So anything within 10 to 10 feet, you step on it, you have to close it off and it's considered contamination. Don't you remember E. Coli from Yuma County? Yeah, yeah. All, all that happened when they were crossing because they were going on the dirt, peeing, using the restroom and think about once it's cultivated with the, the water, the moisture, how are you supposed to know? Right. And that's when they started realizing. So no one talks about it, but majority of the farmers closed off 25% of their land closest to the border and chalked it up as a loss because they don't want that issue of if there's equal or there's any other issues going on, they rather make money from 75% than, Th- than lose, than all, lose of, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you never hear the government talk about that. Right. So, um, have you, do you have any thoughts about what you're going to actually do if you get elected? Well, I already, like I said, I want to be in election integrity. I've been going up there to the Capitol 22 times already, which yeah. is very rare for a candidate. Are you building any coalitions with anybody at this point? Yes. Uh, Teresa Martinez, which she worked for Congressman Gosar, uh, Walt Blackman, which now he's running for Congress. I yeah. mean, they've been graciously endorsed me, um, Carrie Lake has endorsed me well. I said, I'm I'm there with you once you're in office. And once I'm out of office, let's get some stuff done. Okay. You know, let's just not talk about it. Let's get some stuff done. I'll be passionate about what it is, election integrity, show a little information on that. Um, also important, you know, resources, you know, rural community resources, infrastructure. We need that education. Glad thing that the money is going to follow the student now. That's great that that bill passed uh, last night. Yeah, that yeah. is important because that's a slap in the face for the red for red and the left side. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're asking for money. Okay, there's money, but you got to earn your money. You can't just get a handout. What's funny is I was in a meeting with some teachers the other day and I said, hey, you know, you guys get about $14,000 a student. They were saying how underpaid everybody was. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you get about $14,000 a student. You've got 32 students in your class. Mm-hmm. I go, and the teacher's looking at me like, what do you mean 14000 I go, well, that's the money that's yeah. given between the state the, the county and the federal government yeah. and, and your and your property taxes per kid yeah. that's in your yeah. classroom. Per capita, yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. And now there's where I come. So the money gets allotted, right, from here to the state. 
Once you divvy it up, cut it up, send it to a purge school district. Now you have the administrators taking money. So I've never seen administrators, well, at least in my area and in Gadsden school district, their payroll is more than $600,000 for seven employees. And two of them are, are secretaries that don't even have two-year degrees. That's well, who cares what their degree is? It's overpaid bullshit. It's, it's, it's crazy. And yeah. then you got these... Teachers that are working, they're working their ass off. They're teaching. They're buying their own supplies because the school itself doesn't have the money. Why? Because the administrators consumed all their money. Right. And the board. And, and where else is the money going? Exactly. We don't know. Six hundred thousand dollars. Now we go with that PPE money. Yeah. Where is that money going? Right. What kind of events they're doing, or who are they paying, or what is going on? It's, it's just ridiculous. The money's flowing, and there's no the, the, there's the no prob- accountability. The either. problem with America is when. And I, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very religious person, but as we fractured away from God as a country, it's getting worse. people's guiding morality. If you talk to most people, I've talked to a lot of people about their own mm-hmm. beliefs in God and theology. And most people believe that the belief in God is about the connection to morality so that Correct. we have, we do right things beyond our own reasoning. Accountability as well. And, and when you can disconnect people from God, they can kind of do anything because yep. it doesn't matter anymore. So I think it all used to work much better because we we all felt like we don't want to cheat in front of God. Mm-hmm. But if you delete God, now you can cheat. Who cares? Yeah. You had a moral moral response of yeah. You know, I did something wrong. So now you know if we if we're going to lose our moral connection to a higher power, then we need to bring mm-hmm. a moral connection to um to accountability and Correct. going to jail. I feel like we don't send white collar people to jail enough. No, and when you do, you send them to a nice uh, four star resort, uh, playing golf, playing tennis, and then uh, out in six months. But your money has been cleaned. Yeah, and I don't know if any of those places exist, but I'll tell you what: you throw people, I you start throwing some folks in the clink for this. This yeah. shit will stop right quick. And that has to do with everything. You put someone, use our laws that are already in place, use them to the fullest extent, and I guarantee you, you're gonna see a. If not 50% reduction in uh, criminal acts, I guarantee it's more because no one wants to go to jail for something that they're getting paid for or think, ah, oh, no, that's going to happen. I get, you know, jail like California three times. Well, yeah, that's three times you got caught. How about the 10 times that you did it? You know, I'm not an attorney, but I would love to be attorney general because right. they have a huge staff. And I would love to just start saying, okay, let's lock them up. Let's start locking people up. Let's get it done. Cause I think, I don't think it takes a lawyer at the top. I think it takes a leader at the top. I know, I know locking them up is uh, now we put, you know, recess or resources on our prisons. You you know what? I'll take those resources any day because at the end of the day, you're saving someone's life. You're saving someone's property, someone's rights. To me, I'd rather pay that money. Then pay money for something that's just going to go ridiculous somewhere and, else. And we know that all these petty crimes turn into bigger things. That is correct. You know, we know there's always been an errant person with the thumb on their scale, but now it's everyone's got their thumb on the scale. And that's got to stop. My biggest pillar, you know, since my dad and family were our veterans, is you look around and you see these handouts left and right, left and right from these nonprofits. Where's the handout for our veterans? I mean, I go down Phoenix and I see... The Veterans uh, Hospital right there, even in Tucson, how many are homeless and where's their, where's their words? Where's their support? Where's their budget? Well, stuff like that. We need help out as yeah, well. Yeah, You know, we've got, we have a problem dealing with real problems in this country and we think we just throw money at it. It's going to make it yeah. better. Um, how we're treating guys at the VA is actually creating homelessness. Yes. 
and and um, and then veterans, um, because of the social network mm -hmm. that's been put into the military, in place. veterans have become kind of, uh, and I can say this as a veteran, um, it's become kind of an entitled class. Correct. Like, oh, I fought in this, I did a deployment to I, the Middle I East, so this. I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you don't, actually. You actually got paid, and we had helicopters standing by you, in case you, you got wounded. Yeah, you did your... So now it's time to come back and sell cars as a, as a America. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah, as good, a citizen. Good on you. You know what? You get a cool war story to and, tell. And I do believe that. It, it is. It, it feels something entitlement. I'm specified to the, the people that are unemployed, they're living on the streets. You know how many buildings that's owned by the city here in just Maricopa or Yuma County? Yeah. There's tons of buildings that they're paying on the property tax, which is up there now because they don't rent them. They're just blank, decent. Why not take one of those and put it into a nonprofit and fill it up with veterans that are homeless? Or even top of that, now we go to homelessness. Why don't you fill that up? Because they don't want to take the time, like you said, real problems and actually access it. The other thing is, you know, a lot of homelessness is not because of um, no. a lot of a lot of homelessness drugs. Is, is is drugs and fentanyl. it's fentanyl, fentanyl and it's stuff coming over the border Correct. and it sucks these people yeah. in and we're not good at sucking them out. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, m my dad's a, a therapist and an addiction counselor and he was telling me the recidivism rate on people who do um, drugs uh, who go to rehab mm -hmm. it's something like ninety five percent relapse and they're gonna do it again. So. Our whole philosophy on rehab is a failure. Yes, and and uh, and so I'm not sure if sitting them all in a circle and no. asking about their mommy and daddy is the cure. And I think a lot of times, my, uh... I think and, you know, and, and of course, my dad would be mad at me for saying this, but I I, I don't believe in something that fails 95 percent of the time. And and they and folks who do that, God bless them. They see the five percent successes, yeah. and that's what gives them hope. Well, that's the only thing that could give them hope because the other ninety-five percent fail. I believe in dropping the hammer because yeah. I believe accountability be is strict. what makes people change. You gotta be strict. That's right. So you know how you keep people off the street? You mm -hmm. make it rough to be on the street. Yeah. Not tough and inconvenient. I mean, you make it Correct. not legal, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm going to be incarcerated. Well, we know uh, Scottsdale, right? They have the rules. Can't help no homeless is over there. Well, and they've got panhandlers yeah. now too. So, you know, people aren't enforcing the laws. We're not making people accountable for their behavior. And it's at the ground level all the way to the top. Correct. You know, I don't want the government owning buildings. You know, mm -hmm. as a conservative, I don't want the town using their Correct. buildings to home, homeless homelessness. I want to stop homelessness. That is true. So what we do, or we do, we do reactionary whack-a-mole. And I appreciate your sentiment because I can t tell you've got a good heart. Um, but I don't want the government in it because they're going to screw it up. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be people getting raped and killed in the building That's why I said that the city itself doesn't take care of it. They give it to a nonprofit that's actually doing the job for them that they have to actually vet because that nonprofit is actually doing it, not making money. I want those folks in trouble for doing drugs. I want them to serve their time. Mm -hmm. I want them to get their addiction counseling in prison and come out and, and actually get back have a to life. And actually have a chance. Yes, because every time some nonprofit houses a thousand people in a building because it makes a bunch of mommies feel good, that's a thousand people who are not living the American dream, and they'll never live it nope. until they get off that. Correct. And uh, and the hammer's got to drop. And then uh, and then uh, we do have real mentally ill people. Yes, we do. And we don't have a spot for them in our culture. We don't. So I'm I'm not. I think the government, that's the place where there is some potential to step in and do something because there's a gap. 
a bunch of people that are on the street can be they're there because of bad politics bad policies that's correct what, and, what and, do we revert to it all comes down to voting and a bunch are there because they're mm. broken human beings and we got to find a find a way to do something with yeah. them well listen uh absolute pleasure having you in is there anything else you want to chat about besides let's tell everybody if they want to support you how they can step in and donate to your cause all right well once again i'm gary garcia snyder so i throw the garcia in there because i am mexican-american and that's what I'm going to roll with in the Southern community because there's a lot of uh, soft Democrats and independents that need to pick up that name. I won't be able to reach 80,000 people that are in the independent and Democrat, but with the Garcia, they will see that name and it will give me a fighting chance. We all know the ploy. Now tell me how to get to your <laughs> website so we can donate money. Uh, it's uh, Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, for Arizona.com is my website. If you're a WinWed donor you go to arizona and put state senate and you'll find my name right there to donate as well great so say your uh your tell them how to spell your website one more time snyder s-n-y-d-e-r the number four and then arizona spelled out dot com so snyder s-n-y-d-e-r number four arizona.com and listen for you guys that are up in marin county and you guys that are in boston and you folks that are in illinois and you folks that are in california who watch the show what am i going to do well if you donate uh your money up to the republican party in marin county it's going to pay for a nice function and no candidate's going to win if you donate up in the chicagoland area no republican's going to win if you donate up in massachusetts you're not going to get a real republican anyway so real question question is what are you going to do with your money and right now our senate is split 50 50 and they're driving our country into the cliff one senator changing would change all of that now we've got the midterm shakeup that happens in every midterm and this one's going to be a bloodletting because we've seen both sides disenfranchise both sides have disenfranchised the main 70 percent of america should be interesting but if you want your money to matter imagine giving your money to the place that did the first indictments over election fraud in 2020 put your money if you want it to have a little lift because it's not going to make a difference in boston if you give to the republican party that's just going to pay for some dinner but in these little places where we can flip counties these little rural areas along the border all of these sleepy little spots in america they 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 change the course of national elections. So you may not have something to do locally in Marin County or in Boston, but you can spend some money down here. And I'll tell you who spent money down here. Zuckerberg. Zuckerbucks aren't even allowed in Arizona anymore. Nope. They're banned. They, Facebook spent millions and millions of dollars. George Soros spent millions and millions of dollars. And they've stolen little parts of this otherwise absolutely red state and have made it purple to the rest of the country this is not a purple state we're um i kind of call it a cow town state and we've kind of been the whole state's been stolen and uh we've got to peel back the layers of this shenanigans that have gone on and let the light of truth shine down on all of this and, and, and have some clean elections. I think it's the most important thing. It's what we talked about in the whole first part of the show. So if you guys want to donate anything, if you want to m make a difference, you know, you give a $100 to the presidential campaign, it, it's it's a little sprinkle in an ocean. You give $100 or $1,000 
to a local campaign on in a border town when our border's under assault, it can actually move the needle a little bit. So I recommend you do it. I appreciate y'all being here. Hey, thanks very much for coming in and uh, popping in the show. Anything, any other websites or causes you'd like to mention before we jump off? No, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity, Greg. Thank you for everyone uh, watching this uh, segment that's coming up. And most importantly, be active. Don't just wait, but be active. Get it done. Great. Appreciate it, Gary. So get out to the school board and give them hell. It's the most direct democracy in this country is the school board. Go give them hell. And uh, don't let it just be all the gals, and don't let it be the gals, our polite, conservative gals getting run over by big mouth, vagina hat-wearing liberal girls. Um, Get some men down there. It has a tendency to be a little bit of a steady influence, and let them know that uh, our eyes are wide open and they can't do their shenanigans on our children anymore. All these battles are whack-a-mole. There is one war, and it is for the education of the next generation of Americans, and we can't be letting them... We can't let them be stolen by Marxists and lying libtards. We just can't let them steal our kids. Impossible. Or or every battle we have is just stemming the tide that is inevitable, which is the takeover and loss of our freedom to some crazy Marxist ideal that frankly sucks everywhere it's applied. It sucks in Australia. It sucks in Canada. It sucks in Europe. Their freedoms are gone. Their liberties are gone. They don't if you ask them, none of them believe their vote matters. And it's because their government has stolen the country from their democracy and they can't do anything about it. We have to make sure we keep our pitchforks sharp and our firearms handy and keep them slightly scared so that they're busy doing the right thing for us because we got to have accountability in this whole equation or it all falls apart. That's the show for the day. I'm out, folks.